Welcome to Sheltered, the podcast where we explore the experiences of our past, the realities of our ambitious present, and our hopes for our future while having vulnerable and fun conversations. I'm Taylor Vogel, and this is episode number six, Career Day. Joining me for today's conversation is working woman, Shannon Vogel. Hi, Shannon. Hey. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I think listeners will probably realize that we have a name in common. Yes, we do. We do. Shannon is my sister-in-law. This is not strictly nepotism, which we would face penalties for in the workplace. But Shannon is also just a boss at work, and I'm going to have her talk about her professional experience a little bit. I think it's worth saying that you are a badass <laughs> and <laughs> professionally. And um, and I very much looked up to you within your career, um, not just because you're my sister-in-law, but just because you are like super, super professional. You work really hard. And um, I've learned a lot about professionalism in the workplace from you. So I was hoping, Shannon, that you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. I'm Shannon Vogel. I grew up in Yukon, Oklahoma. So I currently live in Michigan, but most of my life I grew up in Oklahoma. I was homeschooled from third through 12th grade with the exception of a year at a private Christian school, which is actually where I met my husband, which would be her brother. We got married in 2005, like fast forwarding quite a bit there. <laughs> and um, we now have two girls, ages six and 11, who I dearly, dearly love. They are And right. they are right. <laughs> they're great. One of them's your mini me. Yeah, they're, they're just great little humans. <laughs> I adore those kids. Um, we, like I said, we lived in Oklahoma for a while. We lived in Dallas, Texas for a year back in 2014. And then we moved to Michigan actually for my work, for my career in 2015 and um, have lived here for uh, five years or so. I have two cats and a dog. I love the, spending time outside in the outdoors and camping and gardening, and I love to cook. Um, but speaking of careers, so my very first job I would consider was just babysitting, which, you know, a lot of teenage girls do. And I felt like I had a very, like, steady job as a babysitter though because I watched a girl while I was 16 like all summer long for like two straight summers while her mom went to work and it was like a bomb job because <laughs> her mom paid for everything I literally had free food and she would pay to send us places like she even gave us a free um season pass to uh Whitewater there in Oklahoma City and I she wanted me to watch her kid because I had a car and I could drive and it was so much fun and you were also the most responsible driver you were my true you were my 21 year old to my 16 year old or my 15 year old whenever mm -hmm. I needed to to drive around with my permit like we mm -hmm. would do that too mm -hmm. you were the best driver and the most responsible human <laughs> yeah yeah so that that worked out real well and I enjoyed that and you know there were parts of it that I didn't like but it helped me kind of realize like okay responsibility here right this is a job you're getting paid to do this professionally. Like my first job was I worked at um, the community college that I went to and I worked in their testing center 
as just like a testing administrator and also as a tutor for college algebra, which I didn't think I was that awesome at, but I got an A. So apparently that allowed me to tutor and they were like begging for tutors. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Why not? That kind of got me into like the office world. And I really enjoyed that job too. I'm curious what registered right. with like, oh, this is appealing to you. Being able to help people know what to expect when they came in and giving them a sense of ease about their testing and like, here's the process and explaining the procedures and uh, knowing how they're going to get their results and walking them through that. And then also as a tutor, being able to help them understand something that seems so complex and breaking it down for them was really just uh, rewarding and enjoyable. That's so so interesting that that was it let's break it down and and give yourself some confidence and repeat some of these steps and yeah I enjoyed that didn't think I would I was pretty much begged to do it and then I was like okay fine I'll do this and then you know ended up enjoying it so it worked so most of yours were experiential because other people if if I'm gathering this correctly like other people saw oh my gosh, you are so responsible, you'd be a good babysitter. Oh my gosh, you're responsible, you would be a good tutor. Am, yeah. am I right in that? Yeah. Did you know that like, oh, I could tutor within this? Or what were your other career options you were considering no. whenever you were in school even? No, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Like, I don't remember ever seeking anything out because... I was like, I don't know if I can hold down a job and go to school. And I was so into like giving 100% to anything I did. I was afraid that if I took on more, I wouldn't be able to focus as much on my school. But that was one of the perks of having that tutoring job was that you could do your homework when there wasn't anything else to do. Like they expected you to do that as a student there. Whereas, like, normally, you know, you can't just go to a job and be doing your homework while you're working. That's absolutely against the rules. But this job, that's what it was intended for, you know. So I was like, okay, I think I can do this, you know. And it's right there. It's not like I have to drive anywhere and spend extra time going and doing this. And, you know, my parents were very particular about what kind of a job I was allowed to have. So they didn't want me to work at a fast food restaurant, for example, or at just any restaurant in general, right? So they wanted to make sure I was safe and secure in where I was at. And um, they they wanted me to have a good experience, I think, as a first job. That was an acceptable position to take at the time. So interesting. For them. I started out with babysitting when I was too young to legally be babysitting. I was 11 when I started started watching other people's kids. Um, Just within the church, of course. And it was typically just for like a couple hours. It wasn't anything like you where I got to take them to Whitewater and go to the splash pad. But, but... I started out babysitting super young, mostly as a way to make some cash. I don't, what were we? I don't even remember what I was spending it on whenever I was that young. Like, were you taught to uh, put clothes? I did buy a lot of clothes when I was a kid, which is funny. That is what I did. Because <laughs> now, now I'm like, um, hello mall. <laughs> yes, that's true. We did go to the mall a lot, but um, now I'm like you know, give me as few clothes as possible. I want a limited color palette. I don't want to think about clothes if I can avoid it now, but yeah, but yeah, I guess I did. I spent it on clothes and then like getting snacks with friends. Thinking through that, my, my first job that I consider like a real job was selling shoes at like a little mom and pop shoe store. And I very specifically remember the moment where I was sitting at a party in someone's backyard 
And my brother was already working there, but somebody said, Hey, I heard that so-and-so who's your age is working at the shoe store. And I was just like, wait, what? And I was only 14. And I was shocked that somebody my age was working at the shoe store because I thought I was too young. I thought I couldn't work until I was 16. I immediately became extremely jealous to be completely frank about it. I wanted to be the person who was super young and working at that shoe store. And so I did, I started working there and it worked out because my brother was able to give me a ride in to the shop. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for five years <laughs> off and on, but I worked there for five years. I worked there into college for a little bit. And I learned more in that job about just how to talk to people because I was cripplingly shy, but we worked on commission. So if I wanted to make money, I had to talk to people. (laughs) Right. And I learned people skills. You know, I, I was really blessed with an incredible manager who taught me how to interact with people in an honest way. And that that naturally leads to higher sales, that you're developing a relationship with a customer. And then that leads to higher sales. She was very relationship first and keeping the integrity of the store first. And I always really admired that. Uh She also kind of critiqued my handwriting a little bit and made me practice having beautiful handwriting. So that was useful. She taught me how to talk on the phone and leave really clear voice messages for people on their answering machines. If I had to call and let them know the product was there, she taught me how to knit And she told me it would be more fun if I drank vodka while I was knitting one day when I was old enough to. (laughs) Um, And, but the other, she was great. And then the other, um, that was after hours, by the way, but the other, the other really wonderful thing that she taught me was don't ask somebody else to do things that you can do for yourself. And I think that's like the first real feminist thing that was said to me. I asked her to kill a spider for me one time. And she said, no, you're stronger than that. And I I just remember thinking, this is a job. I learned how to be a stronger person from that. So yeah, I think those early experiences really shape us in in ways that are beyond Uh like professionally. We spend, I know I now spend more of my time at work than I do at home. So it is more of who I am. And it's, um, I think that's a really big, that's a big consideration because there's so much emphasis on, you know, work-life balance or making sure that you separate them mm-hmm. out, but it's, it is part of who we are. And I know it's definitely part of who you are. Right. Well, that is so true though, because you want to choose a company that you resonate with, especially with their values and here they are. How did you choose where you are now? This is such a ridiculously embarrassing story. Back <laughs> Back then, and my decision to work there was more God-led. Okay, so I was very strong in my faith, and not that I'm not now, so sorry. (laughs) But (laughs) I was like, you know what? I don't know where to go. I don't have all of these relationships that I've built with people. I was homeschooled, as I mentioned. I was very shy. I didn't know where to go. I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, I've graduated. I got a two-year degree. I had an associates in business administration. And the reason which I got that degree was because it was so um, wide, got so many just different business skills that I thought, oh, I could do a plethora of things. And that led me to basically nowhere because I had too many options. And I'm like, what do I do with myself? And I'm looking at job postings thinking, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. 
And I'm, you know, praying about it. And I'm like, where do I go? And I had a lot of interviews. And I, I told myself, listen, you got this degree. The one thing I don't want is to be a receptionist. I was scared <laughs> to death to talk to people all day yeah. <laughs> as a career. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, we're not, we're not going there. You deserve more than that. So uh, I, I'm like applying at all these places, having interviews, and I'm just like not really sure what to do. I, I hooked up with Express Personnel because I'm like, you know, hey, this is what they do for a business. They can help me find a place to go. And they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm really not sure. That's where you come in, right? I told them, I was like, I didn't want a receptionist job. And they're like, okay. So I'm continuing to look on my own and I find this ad at a construction company, which no, I don't have a degree or any experience in construction, but it was a blind ad. So I don't even know, I didn't even know it was for a construction company at the time. And um, it was for a receptionist position. <laughs> so I go in for my interview and um, I end up getting this job. And one of the reasons they liked me so much was because I was homeschooled. Oh, wow. Apparently they thought that because I was homeschooled, I was like an amazingly like smart kid. And I, I was like, okay, cool. You know, you don't see this as like, a bad thing. You think that homeschoolers are smart. That's awesome. That works in my favor. So I get hired for this job and I call Express back and I'm like, Hey, I got a job. I don't need one anymore. And they're like, really? What did you get? And I'm like, a receptionist job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Amazing. Yes. But it worked out so well. And, yeah. I would say uh, so. How long have you been with them? Working out. So I have well. been with this company for 14 yeah. years now. <laughs> no, I did not stay as their receptionist. In fact, that position lasted a whole four months. And uh, they because they were so awesome at training me and other, other things. So, you know, over the years, the receptionist position has kind of become a like dying profession. Like, we just don't need someone answering phones all the time. People end up calling other cell phones, et cetera, right? So it doesn't always go through a, re a receptionist. So it was kind of a dual position there, and they taught me accounting. They taught me payroll, and one of their philosophies is to promote from within. So whenever they had a position opened, I was like scared to death, but I was like, oh my gosh, I want to see if I can learn something else. I'm really interested in moving in somewhere and growing and learning more in my career. And it was a project coordinator position, so it was completely different than what I was doing. It was out in the field on a construction site. My boss said yes. And lo and behold, I moved from receptionist to project coordinator out on a site. But it was so rewarding and awesome because I got to learn billings. I got to learn um, like more in accounting and payroll. And um, I got to do record keeping and just understanding the world of construction more and taking meeting notes and being on a team. Like that was so valuable. Did I loved being on did a you, team. Did you know that these positions existed? Had no idea. Okay. Okay. I'm just talking because I grew up not knowing what jobs even existed. We didn't have career fairs ever. We didn't have, and I see these things on sitcoms or on TV, like they exist everywhere. I didn't have like, take your daughter to work day. My experience at my dad's office, because um, he was in HR, 
my experience was like running around when I was very little and stealing candy off of people's desks. Like I didn't know what people's actual roles were within any kind of organization aside from the career that I went into, which is teaching. Like I knew what teachers did on a very surface level. Nobody knows what teachers do unless you've done it, by the way. <laughs> it's so, so true. stinking true. I had no idea what different roles there were. So whenever I was ready to leave teaching and people kept saying, what are you interested in doing? I said, I don't know. Like I didn't know. And it was very similar to what you said of, I found a place that saw my value. Cause I went to a lot of interviews in that transition between teaching and I'm in arts administration now, mm -hmm. which I didn't know existed. You know, I had no idea that there was somebody behind the scenes working the spreadsheets, getting people from, a, you know, place A to place B and making right. all these right. events happen, how much work goes into that and that there are jobs created because of that. I didn't know that that role existed. And it wasn't until somebody brought it to me and put it in front of me, you know, it was the networking component because I didn't know to look for it. Unfortunately, I just genuinely didn't right. know what to look for going into it. A lot of people said, mm, you've been a teacher and working with grownups is really different than working with children. I've heard that a lot from oh, within how patronizing. Well, exactly. And within interviews, that was actually kind of a really big way for me to tell, do I want to work for this company or not? And right. even I got, I got multiple offers in that time where I said, I can't, I can't work for you one because you're lowballing me, but two, because you said those words to me, you don't value my experience. And I, you know, it is nice whenever you hear somebody say, oh my gosh, I value the thing that most other companies aren't valuing, like being a teacher or being homeschooled. Um, Cause yeah, I've had, I've gotten a lot of grief for being homeschooled for a little bit too there. So it's, I think that's a really good way to connect with a company. Searching and mm -hmm. finding it is hard. And I don't, I mean, I didn't learn about different roles, honestly, until I was kind of in the job and just trying it out. I'm curious if you had monetary pressure while you were looking for these different positions. Not okay. really. When I was finishing up school there uh, for my associate's degree, I still had my job that I could have up until the time that I needed to leave. Okay. And... I mean, I, they were going to give me, I'm sure, a set amount of time to find a job. And at that time, I had been married um, for, it was like about a year. And my husband was working. I think he was at the shoe yeah. store still. No? No. Was he? Mm. Was he at Dell? I think he had, he, yeah. he was working. That's fine. I, was, <laughs> I don't remember which job he was at. He was working. And at that time we were living at a, like renting a place from my aunt. Oh, so right. we had a lot of help financially at the time. So there wasn't too much pressure to find a job immediately. So I had that going yeah. for me. So, I mean, yeah, talk about being sheltered and taken care of, but it's good. still we were on our I own and I felt very responsible. I mean, we still had bills to yeah. pay. We still were paying for our own electricity and water and everything was under our name and whatnot. And um, but we didn't have like a car loan to pay off and, and a bunch of stuff. We were we were young and we had a lot of help from family. And that, I think that's a really good context so. of being sheltered, being a positive thing. Yeah, truly, because it set you up to be able to seek out a position that would enable you to grow over time. I think a lot exactly. of times people think of being no. sheltered as always being negative. And, and I, in, in the context of us not knowing what careers are available, um, and I wonder how much of that is us as women. Um, I know I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to a breadth of career options, even based on, you know, my high scores in science and math. 
or, you know, those kinds of interests. I was good at music and that was a feminine thing, quote unquote, in our little bubble growing up. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where Mm -hmm. I was shifted. Women are good teachers. Okay. That's where I was shifted. I'm not the most nurturing, just to be clear about that. Like I'm pretty, (laughs) I'm pretty dry. (laughs) How I ended up as an elementary educator is beyond me sometimes, but you've grown grown a lot. lot. I made I made a kid cry in my student teaching. Like it was a bizarre career, career choice for me. Um, thinking back on it, I loved it and I loved my students and I loved the people that I met. But I don't think that was the right career choice for me to get a degree in. But that's what I knew, you know. That's what that's pretty much right, what I was pushed right. into. I even said the words, I don't want to go to college. Like I was not interested in schooling. Um, I'm raising my hand right now because that's exactly Oh my where gosh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't want to go to college. This was almost, I would almost use the word forced on me from my okay. parents, mostly from my okay. mother who knew better than <laughs> I did about my yeah. life. <laughs> and growing up, you're talking about what did you know as a career yeah. as a child? I was like, oh, maybe I could be a vet or, you know, maybe a, a dentist or something like that. You know, things that you see as a child that you have experiences in, that was like just the immediate things in my periphery was right. all I knew. That was it. And I was like, oh yeah. And I kind of knew a little bit about each one, but nothing of really what it would entail. Did you know like different industries? And I didn't know anything besides oil. Okay. No, no, not really. And I didn't look into it because you know what I wanted what? to be? Oh, I, I wanted to be a mom. Yeah. That's all I wanted. That's all I was really told I could be, though, as a woman. And I don't want to beat anyone down or say it was anyone's particular fault. But let's just say it had a lot to do with the religion that I was in. And I wanted that. I was comfortable with it. Um, I had an amazing Mm -hmm. mom. And I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to repeat the life that she had given to me. She was so caring and so nurturing and so self-sacrificing that I was like, that is my aspiration that's who I want to be. And that's what I want to do with my life. I'm going to find a man who's going to go to work. He's going to provide for us. We're going to have a family and I'm going to homeschool. Just going to repeat that life all over again, because that's all I knew. And it was good. It was comforting. And I felt like I had a good life. So it's like, I want to provide that for my children one day. And so that's, that's it. That's all I wanted. And my mom was like, you know, life doesn't always turn out the way we expect or what we want and she told me this story about her experience as a child and she didn't want to go to college but her dad forced her to go and um, said you know you need to have some education and so I think that's kind of also where it probably trickled down from her to me was you know hey you should go and get an education so that you can work if you want to Right. Right. If you want to, being critical. Yeah. Right. Right. Not if you need to. But there's an undertone of that in that conversation of like, be able to take care of yourself, but Mm -hmm. not exposing you to quite that harsh of a reality that early on. That's that's amazing. Correct. So I didn't know. I wasn't looking around for anything because in my mind, I was in fairy tale land. (laughs) I was like, oh, all I knew was princesses and princes and life is happily ever Those after. Are the, we don't really learn. The most easily accessible jobs. What happens? Like princess, prince. So easily to it. <laughs> right. Yes. 
Yes, I've seen many ads for them in the paper lately. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> they yeah. do a lot of work, apparently. Uh-huh. Even I'm learning about the princes and the princesses in reading pop culture. I think I saw a new story this morning about the demands of royal life. Like, those things weren't told to us as kids. You know, how much, how much has to be done within a career what careers are available because different industries have different careers. It's just, there's so much more. And I don't know that it was because we were in such a bubble or if there's just a breakdown in how that's communicated. I know that that's a big push in education is to make sure that kids have a full understanding of the career world. But I don't think you can unless you're just in it. Yeah. And I would say my parents didn't know either they are very introverted themselves and you just don't get that unless you're in it you know and they didn't have a bunch of friends and associates and people that like brought that information into our family they knew what they knew I mean my mom she did have a job before she got married and she even worked a little bit um after she got married but she ended up leaving her job I know there was complications with my older sister and when she was born and whatnot so she ended up leaving her job to take care of her as a baby but she didn't go back into the workforce so she didn't know she didn't pass anything on and I didn't seek it out I was happy in my bubble (laughs) I was comfortable in my bubble (laughs) The next cozy thing. What? <laughs> why leave the bubble? Well, let's talk about why you left the bubble. Let's talk about what you do now and a little bit of what's on your horizon because you, again, I'm I'm going to make you talk about the fact that you just won um, an amazing award within your company, and so I want to hear mm-hmm. a little bit about what do you do now? What are you most proud of within your role and within your professional accomplishments? Now I am. Um, am a senior administrative manager. I don't like the word that says senior. I'm not that old. <laughs> I think senior and I'm like, uh, am I about to retire? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. No, you are not. And the fact t- that it's administrative, in my opinion, is a little misleading, but um, I do a lot. A little bit of everything, I would say. I, I work, like I said, for a construction company. Uh, we do construction management and we sub out a lot of our work. So I have had over the years experience uh, being that project coordinator that I talked about. I've been in payroll and records, accounts payable, accounts receivable. I've done procurement work with contracts and insurance. Uh, I was the assistant to our group president at one point and while well, I was in Oklahoma and then became administrative supervisor over our administrative team there in that office. And when I went to Texas for a year, so I left Oklahoma, I went to Texas for a year back in 2014, I was a project coordinator for them and I worked in a General Motors plant they're helping with the projects that we had at that plant in Arlington for just about a year before this job opportunity came up, right? And then I moved, and uh, I got to start that office from the That's ground right, up. It was such amazing experience, and 
uh, I got to choose my team. I got to interview and hire who I felt was going to do the best for those physicians. So I hired our receptionist and I hired our accounting team. I've got an accounting tech now and a payroll specialist and we all do multitudes of things so I'm very big into cross training and um, I I try to teach everybody because what I love about what I've been through in my career is that I know so much about all the different departments in the company and I know how they work together and I love making processes lean I want people's work to be easy and I want it to be enjoyable. And that's what I love about what I do because I have control over those processes now, but I know them inside and out. And, you know, I, am the expert in so many different fields and people can come to me and ask me questions and I'm passionate about helping people and just making everything go smoothly and providing that like excellent customer service, both internally and externally to our customers. And, you know, you, you spend most of your time with your coworkers. Absolutely. At least we we do. do. So that internal customer service is so important. So it's also teaching as a manager, teaching people skills too. Right. So I'm trying to teach people how to stay positive and kind to each other and respectful and um, just giving them the right mindset and a team mindset. Oh, my goodness. So would you um, say that be- um, your skills within that are the reason that you are, were awarded this amazing award that you received this year? Talk to us about that. So back to the (laughs) John Koga Award. There was a gentleman named John Koga that worked for Bolt at one time. And um, I think he was talking to the owner of the company. And the owner came up to him and, you know, asked him, you know, what, what he could do to help. And, And John's reply was something like, you know, I'll... I'll do whatever you need to get our goals accomplished. I will go out and I will pick nickels off the sidewalk if that is what you need me to do. So it's putting that service above self is what drives this award. And someone who's willing to go above and beyond what's necessary to get the job done and demonstrate personal accountability. So that's what that word's about. And they haven't been giving out this award for very long. They they just started doing this. I think they had done it in the past, but in the 14 years I've been there, this was the first year that they had started giving it out again. There was only like five people who got the award for the year. They gave out at our annual service award where they recognized people for their years of service this award. A silly me, like I had no idea they were even giving out this award at the banquet. Like I had completely forgotten about it. It was <laughs> gone out of my mind. And they had kept it such a secret and didn't bring it up again. I guess they were just trying to be so hush hush about it. They didn't want it yeah. to leak out to who got it like no one knew who was getting the award and we're sitting there at the table together Mm -hmm. you and me taylor and i'm like in awe of this i'm just sitting there going oh my gosh i want this award so bad one day one day (laughs) and they're just talking about how amazing this person is and what it takes to get this award and they're like saying oh and this person's gonna get some extra vacation hours you know a couple of weeks mind you 
And they're also going to tie a monetary reward to it. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I had completely forgotten about that. Then they're starting to talk about who's getting this. And they dropped the, she is this, she is that. And I was like, she, like the word is going to a female. And mind you, I work in a construction company where it's predominantly yeah. male. So I'm totally hyped that it's a female. And everybody and I'm sitting at there. you, but you were just zoned I, in and didn't realize I it. I was. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, the whole room shifts and looks at me, right? And I'm, like, so excited that it's a female. And then they say my name, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, What? <laughs> And they, like, asked me to go up there and give a speech. And I'm like, mm, I'm sorry, but uh, I wasn't exactly expecting this. <laughs> and this is, like, my number one thing I'm the worst at. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just be honest. Here. Well, <laughs> I don't give speeches. To be completely honest, you handled it with the <laughs> most grace of just acknowledging that and and talking about your speech. I, I will say everybody in the room looked at you when they said she, there were many people looking at you beforehand. I think it was, it was pretty noted that you are within the organization, somebody who works hard, who shows up, but kind of back to what you were saying about how your goal career-wise was to be a mom when you were younger, you nurture the people around mm -hmm. you. And I've seen that whenever I've been your date, you know, your hot date to functions, but you nurture the people around you. And so even though that might not have been a skill that we saw as being such an asset in the career place, I know that that's such a rare quality to have as somebody who's invested in people and what you were saying about making sure that the people that are under your care have a diverse work experience and are building skills because that's what was valuable to you, that you're providing opportunities yes. long-term. I know that that the person I look up the most to in in my field and in my career has said the very same thing about her job is that her job and the reason she is revered for it is because is because she is a sort of mother and you know she thinks of those things that we typically think of and a good mom of being considerate of nurturing of you know a, a, an appropriate amount of self-sacrifice for the people that are in her care she has a bunch of people in her care and she can't just she can risk if it's you know, enough reward, but she can't risk if it's going to hurt their, hurt their livelihood. Um, and being able to balance all of those things is such an asset and you do it so well, Shannon, you do it with such grace. So oh, you, uh, thank you, you deserve I, that award. I 100%. think you're right. <laughs> oh, I was so, so honored. I could not, I couldn't believe it. So rewarding. yeah, doing the right thing within your role so that everybody else around you can grow and work together. Um, that's, that's an incredible yeah. skill too. That is so, so often overlooked in a bubble when we're thinking about, do I want to be a veterinarian? Like, yeah, it's you right. learned those other skills right. in, in your bubble and it's, it's helped you to grow. Absolutely. And you wouldn't think like being sheltered, you're like, Oh, well, you're going to, miss out on so much and yeah there's times that I'm like yeah I wish I would have developed this skill or that skill or been exposed to career fairs like you were saying like that would have been so amazing and I would have known and felt like I had so much more power over what I chose instead of just kind of going with whatever but still it's, it's led me to a wonderful place where I'm at and I'm so happy with what job I have and it's 
been such a great experience. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me about your career and your experiences within it. Are you ready to veer off topic and pass some notes? Yeah, okay. let's do it. Here at Sheltered the Podcast, we are introducing a brand new segment of the show called Pass Notes. Since our co-hosts all met in school, there were many notes passed between us through the years, often with song lyrics or stick figures or inside jokes. In this segment, we are going to pass notes to you, our audience, about something that's making our lives a little better right now, whether it's a product, a system, a bit of entertainment, or a mindset. And then we'll let the other people with us check yes or no in response as to whether or not they're going to check this out for themselves. So Shannon, what note are you going to pass to us today? What I've decided to pass a note on is a little app, AnyList. And I'm a very organized Mm -hmm. person, very systematic. And girl, do I love lists. That is how I keep my life in order. I juggle so many things as a mom and a working woman that I won't keep my sanity unless I have a list for everything (laughs) I do in my life. I have probably 10 different lists at any given time. (laughs) What lists do you keep? Obviously, the main one is a grocery list. Of course. Okay. But the amazing thing about it is that I can share it with my husband who can also put things on the list. I am the one who does the cooking in the house, but granted, I love to that. Cook, you do. So that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. That's not just because I'm a woman on this grocery list. You can assign uh, what store it's at. You can assign what aisle it's on. You can set up your aisles in the order that you would go into the store so that they start from top to bottom. Yeah. And you can categorize them and you can add photos of these items. So, hey, guess what? I can't make it to the store, but my husband can. He can see a picture of exactly what it is I'm looking for right there. Um, You can put quantities in there. You can even put cost if you're trying to budget and you can know ahead of time like okay I'm gonna be planning on spending x amount of dollars for this grocery run you touch the item on your list and it crosses it off it takes it off so that you're only seeing what's remaining but the beautiful thing about it is that you can go back up to the top and add an item say you need that again next week I need more milk you just start typing in milk and it's already there it's created with all the information on the store that you buy it from and the aisle that it's on and then if you want you can edit it and change quantities or say this time you want a different brand change okay, that too so you're taking that philosophy so, of making your work life lean and you are applying it to this list app is this free or is this paid it is free Holy cow! It is so free. And I love it. I used it for camping. Like, okay, we're going to go on a vacation or a trip. Like, these are things I need to pack. Um, I use it for, hey, this is what I want to get the kids for Christmas. So I have Christmas lists on here as well and birthday lists. I have lists for my father-in-law on here that he adds himself because we do his grocery shopping. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I love it. Okay. So. Well, um, Shannon... As far as checking yes or no, um, I'm going to check a very sturdy yes to the very first note passed on the show. Any list sounds amazing. So I will definitely be checking that out because I do love a good list. Thank you for yes. bringing that into my life. Oh my gosh. You are okay. welcome. I am going to pass a note about a book, actually. Um, it was my July book of the month. So it it's out. It's available now for sure. But it's the book Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. 
And it is a horror novel, so it is not everybody's cup of tea, and I'm aware of that. Um, but I enjoy some horror. So it's a it's a horror novel that plays on the theme of colonialism in 1950s Mexico. It's so scary and so creepy. The main character, Noemi, ventures into the remote estate of her cousin's new husband after receiving a mysterious letter that sparks suspicion. And I can't really say more than that because you know, I don't want to give away the things that make it scary, but I can usually, Shannon, I can usually pick out what the scary thing is in any kind of horror. I had no idea what was causing the scary things to happen in this novel. And it wasn't revealed until the last hundred pages. And then I was so scared. I was, (laughs) I was so scared of it which is exactly what I want from a horror novel. But aside from that kind of mystery around it, I have to say that I was in absolute awe of Silvia Moreno-Garcia's writing. Her writing was so beautiful. The language matched, the setting matched the mood, and it was just poetic in nature. It was extremely artful and even though it was horror, it was just like a beautiful read, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, I absolutely. loved it. I thought it was a really fun adventure to go on. Um, I've, I've still thought about it whenever I see the scary thing in real life now, because that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So are you scarred? No, I'm not scarred. It's just, it was such an unexpected <laughs> thing to be afraid of that I really like it. And I see it and I'm like, so clever. Like, I was just so amazed by it. So... Um, Yeah, Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. It should be available wherever books are sold. You should definitely check it out. Oh my gosh, tell me, do you have nightmares? I actually have had one nightmare from it, only one. And it was whenever I, it was right before I figured out what the scary thing was. So I was still in the mystery of like, what's going on? And that tension of the book. And I had such a nightmare that night. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was so vivid. But um, yeah, just an incredible book. Shannon, I know that horror is not usually your cup of tea. Do you check yes or check no on Mexican Gothic? Surprisingly, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to oh, check it out. Oh, really? I'm, I may not read it, <laughs> but there's a part of me that likes to look at things before oh. I judge it. Like, I want to go into it and figure out, like, hey, so, you know, hey, my bestie loves this so there's obviously something amazing about it and you've given an amazing review so how can I like not check into I loved it so much and I'm always looking to expand my world even though I'm really like I I scare easily (laughs) and (laughs) I'm like no I can't do this I'm wondering if it's on audio because I would totally listen to it as opposed to reading it, I love listening I to books. I bet it is. It could be really good on audio. Yes. Okay. Oh, my but gosh. I'm totally interested. So I got to check yes. I didn't think I Yay. would be. I'm going to check <laughs> yes. yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that is it for today's episode. Shannon, where can listeners reach out to you to talk about all things career? On LinkedIn. I am available there. That's probably the best and easiest way to do it. Awesome. Well, if any listeners have questions, comments, opinions, or simply want to share, you can reach out to us here at the podcast on Instagram at ShelterThePodcast, or you can send an email to ShelterThePodcast at gmail.com. We are a new podcast, and you can help us out for free if you'd like by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way 
to making sure that this podcast is available for other people to listen to. New episodes are released each Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app to hear the latest episode. Thank you for listening to Sheltered, the podcast.